Okay, welcome to Chihuahua Bat 2.0, Surviving in the Classroom. I'm Swan, one of the original Chihuahua Bats, and the other Chihuahua Bat, who I call my partner in crime, is Mala. Say hello. Hey, how's everybody? We're up in the north. It was 39 degrees last night. Yes. And, and we had blankets on. Yes. And we had a fire. And I, uh, I'm i so happy to be back in Wisconsin. I've come up here to fetch her and take her back to Texas. But the first thing I had to do, and this was before Labor Day, guys, was go buy flannel. So that in Texas, that's, that's just unheard. That's for sure. <laughs> yeah. That's for sure. Yeah. So we are both uh, retired teachers. Um, I retired in 2018, and I kind of had two goals for retirement. One was to write a book about a piece of my journey as an educator that was just unbelievable. Um, to this day, I really can't believe I was standing in chaos, but I was. And uh, I had a choice to, you know, whine and, and quit or step up to the challenge, and I did, and I had a lot of help. Mala was instrumental in, in getting me through the chaos. And uh, uh, so I wrote a book called Memoir of a Chihuahua Bat. And uh, I like to tell people that if you're facing a challenge, you probably want to read my book because you're going to feel a whole lot better about your situation if you hear what I had to go through. Um, and so Memoir of a Chihuahua Bat, you can find it on Amazon and also on my webpage at chihuahuabat.com. And I also... Goal number two, I wanted to still advocate for the teachers in the classroom. I wanted to be a voice to talk about their issues and their challenges and to bring awareness to the public about, you know, the stories that uh, we're not really allowed to tell <laughs> when we're associated and that's the truth. Yeah, with the yeah. district. So, um, and I take great pride in that, that... Um, a lot of teachers still reach out to me. Sometimes they just want to vent. You know, you just need to talk to a safe person, and I'm very safe because I'm, I'm not in the building. So that's kind of what I'm doing with, with my free time that keeps me off the streets. Now, Mala is way famous. Tell them what you do. Well, I've been painting, yeah. and uh, I show my work at Wimberley, in Wimberley, Texas. Right. I have a wall, and uh, mm -hmm. I'm I'm being very successful. I'm She's very famous. You also have Instagram, <laughs> don't you know? We've yes, got I, you on Instagram. I have a few pieces on Instagram. I do. Yes. So, yeah, oh. you can find her there at what? Art on 12? Art on 12, Wimberley, Texas. Texas. All right. And so while I was up here um, enjoying the nice Wisconsin weather, um, I, I heard from a couple of teachers. You know, school has started back in Texas, and most districts in Texas went remote until September 7th. And then the day after, September 8th, the day after Labor Day, families had a choice of continuing remote learning or going face-to-face. -face. So many of my um, educator friends have spent now about four days in the classroom with face-to-face -face students. And so, you know, if you remember in, in the spring when people went home for spring break, uh, about a week later, it was obvious that this pandemic was expanding and it was very dangerous and so you know districts decided to just shut down and let's learn at home and so teachers and districts had to just turn on a dime and come up with guidelines of what the online online learning should look like and you know and the state was kind enough to say let's just don't even do you know testing 
let's just come up with a protocol for all students to learn and let's get them to a reasonable place by the end of the school year thinking, you know, over the summer, I mean, I did, I thought over the summer that we're going to get a handle on this and it's going to be better. Right. And then of course we learned Memorial day and 4th of July, um, you know, people bit tired of being in their homes, you know, got out and did things. And so, you know, cases spike. So, so now we're looking at a new school year. And so, you know, in the spring, it was hard enough focusing on, I mean, everybody had online activities because most everybody has, you know, a one-to-one situation with devices in the school. But to do complete virtual teaching and learning is different than Mm -hmm. just doing like, you know, a scavenger hunt online. So teachers had to, you know, scramble, districts had to scramble to come up with learning and activity, synchronous, asynchronous, and then that time and energy was one thing. The other issue was getting homes to be able to log in, have internet, have hotspots, and that was step one. Then step two was, well, I, you know, I don't understand the lesson, I, I, I can't get my login. Um, there were a multitude of issues, and so, you know, that was, you know, the focus in the spring, and that was hard enough but you were just focusing on the online piece. Right. Right. Now enter the fall, right, school year 2021, and you now have some students learning remotely, but you have some students who are now learning face-to-face. And now the teacher is charged with managing both formats. And so for me, I think we're at a very, very dangerous point because online learning is challenging enough. Face-to-face is challenging enough. And I don't, even if you've been teaching 100 years, you have to now rethink your face-to-face activities in the name of safety. Yes, you do. Right. And, and probably have to throw some activities out in the name of safety. And so the time and energy teachers are putting on that, how do I tweak what I already want to do? And we're not just talking about one concept and one activity. Oh my God, when we did a concept, we had at least 20 different activities, you know? Well, I just look at some of the books that we wrote for teachers. We right. did a lot with role play because we right. were language teachers right. we did. and we were Spanish teachers and we wanted real life situations. We put our heart in that. You know, where the kids would imagine, well, the family that you were talking about, Susan, Mm -hmm. uh, you know, you, you know, you're going to talk about your family. You're going to talk about it in the language and it became real for the kids. Right. Then, just like you said, remember how you had to change. We did, because as family dynamics changed, that became an uncomfortable topic for a lot of kiddos. But we were still challenged with the vocabulary associated with families and the grammar concept there. Um, and I can remember possessive pronouns like my cousins versus your cousins and right, things like right. that comes to mind. Um, and so we had to find a way to cover it, but without making the child uncomfortable. And so we went to, let's take a famous family. Let's talk about the Kardashians or let's talk about SpongeBob's family. Right. 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 So I took the focus off the child's uh, family situation. And, you know, we used to do, family trees and um we used to say you know and for us it was big about the how authentic i I don't want to talk about those goofy pictures in the book of course we weren't book people we said 
you know what? When we go in country, the first thing they want to know is tell us about your family. Exactly. You got to be able to talk about your family. That's right. Yeah, whether you like them or not. So we had them, you know, role play talking to their, you know, mm -hmm. host family about their own family, and you know, family tree was sort of a, you know, a diagram or a prompt that would, you know, prompt their thinking and their talking. So we would do things like that. But some kids, in trying to do with the extended and blending families, they're like, Senora, how, how, what part of my tree do I do? You know? Exactly. <laughs> and I exactly. would say, I'd say, whatever part you want. It doesn't, matter. it doesn't have to be true. I just no. need to know that you can um, practice this vocabulary. So, so yeah. anyway, yeah. And the time on that one task, right? Right. That's what I was going to say. Guys, this is, this is what we're talking about. We wanted to make our class relevant. We wanted right. to make it interesting. Mm -hmm. We looked at our students. Yes. What do they want to talk about? Well, we right. know that if we take them in country, which we did take them in country, mm -hmm. someone's going to ask them about the family. Yeah. So let's practice. Mm -hmm. Let's make them confident. Mm -hmm. So when they actually are asked that, they can come up with it. All right, we're supposed to go for the oral component in our class. Always. Always. So what does that tell you? That yeah. means you've got group activities, you've got pair activities, right. because a teacher can't be there for each individual student to talk with them and to receive the information and go back and forth. Right. So I'm going to throw this out to you, Susan. Yeah. Yeah. And, and this, you're talking about danger? Yeah. Now okay. into COVID, how do we do this? How right? do we do it? Right. How do we make it real? How do we make them practice Speaking where a partner safely, <laughs> safely, safely, where a partner can actually respond back. Right. And so the practice piece yeah. is is out the window. Uh, yeah. And so and so this is our point that the time and energy that we would spend trying to maintain that authenticity um, versus, okay, describe those people in the book, which they could easily do. Mm -hmm. But for us, we thought if you can tie it to their life and make it a part of their everyday life, then, then the learning, they learn every day. That's and right. That. So just the time we would spend on that, right? Now you multiply yeah. that by every concept you've got to teach um, for every kid, right? In the face-to-face. -face. And then how do you mimic that online? Mm -hmm. Do you know what I mean? So in talking with, you know, one of my colleagues, I, I actually I was listening. And um, she was at a real low point, just really tired and exhausted. And the first thing I thought is, ooh, this is dangerous because this kind of exhaustion I'm used to about mid-semester, you too. know, mid-semester, you're right. doing that midterm madness going yeah. because usually by then you've had another in-service and districts have inserted another piece that they would like to see <laughs> at some right. point or another assessment or, or, or something. And, uh, but I thought, good Lord, you know, we're just maybe a week into the new school year and I'm hearing this kind of exhaustion and the most dangerous words that to me, if I'm an administrator, I don't want to hear. And that is, I, I just don't know if I can sustain this. That's right. I, I've never heard that in day four. I want you ever. to describe this teacher you're talking the, about, please. Yeah, this one in particular is, I mean, she is like the absolute best teacher I've ever seen in my life. And uh, passionate, loves to teach, loves to get to know the kids and show them um, this particular uh, teacher works in the math area, math department. And, you know, math for a lot of kids is just a struggle. 
uh, most of the time they're just so insecure thinking they can't learn it. And so she does a beautiful job of getting them through that challenge. And then she can also speak to, you know, challenges on a personal level as well. And really, I, I, I call, she's like my cheerleader teacher, you know, always positive, always shows up, goes to all the activities. And, you know, when I heard after being four days in the classroom, I, I, I don't, I'm not going to be able to sustain this. It just broke my heart. And, and I'll tell you why. I have a real pet peeve, and, and you and I were adamant about this, about know your audience, because we did a lot of presentations. Yes, we did. And coming up with a presentation became the easy piece. The hard piece was trying to find out who was going to be in our audience mm-hmm. and what were they there for, because the one thing in education that, that I can't stand is don't waste my time, because I don't have any to waste. No, that's right. And yeah. especially this year. They're, they're doing double duty, managing two completely different formats, and the time and energy that takes, not just to do it, but to do it well, you know, to be highly effective mm-hmm. in the classroom. These are the teachers that are I'm worried about because they love it, and they don't mind staying late to come up with an activity, but now they're, you know, they're staying late just, just to, you know, to survive, and so... Um, that's why it's it's so important for administrators, for the leadership in your building to know your teachers' strengths. There are teachers who are very comfortable and very confident about teaching remotely. They like it. And then you have teachers who are more confident and comfortable working in the classroom face-to-face. But to force them or to require, maybe force is too strong, to require them to do both formats simultaneously is, I want to say... Dangerous. It's dangerous. And, mm-hmm. and we could be doing this, they, I'm not mm-hmm. doing it. You know, it could be more than a grading period. It could be more than a semester. And my fear is by the end of the year, you're going to have lots of teachers exiting the profession because this isn't what they signed up to no, do. No, no, And they don't feel good about themselves no. because the expectations are just, what are they? And they're overwhelming. And they're overwhelmed. They're overwhelmed because they know, mm-hmm. hey, I know how to teach. Right. I've done it for years. Now I'm speaking about myself. Right, here. right. I've done it for years. I've been successful. Mm-hmm. I've helped other teachers be successful but here I am in this brave new world, right. and I've got to start over again. again. Yeah. And do I have the time for it? Do I have the energy for it? And quite frankly, and I will tell this to you, Susan, because right. I've been out of it a lot longer than you have, uh-huh. the media would scare me to death because I wouldn't feel like I'm doing a good enough job. Well, and even those who are still in the classroom, just when you get comfortable, let's say with Google Classroom, your district can come by and go, well, now no, we, now we prefer Zoom or uh-huh. vice versa. Exactly. Or everyone has to do Edpuzzle so that the state can see that the child has logged in and made progress. And, and so it's, it's not a matter of, okay, I know how to work with technology. The issue is that it keeps changing. Uh-huh. So just oh. when you get comfortable with the program, mm-hmm. perhaps the district decides, you know, for consistency and for reach to our, you know, our student population, 
we're going to have to switch to this program. And there's nothing more frustrating than coming up with your videos, maybe over the summer, knowing that you might be doing remote, and then having them come back and going, oh, by the way, make sure you you have your name and your face in there. Oh, by the way. And so the mm-hmm. worst thing you could do <laughs> is tell a good teacher who's already gone home and worked on something, uh, we're, gonna, we're not going to do it this way mm-hmm. anymore. So, um, you know, for me, I would be frustrated trying to work with the two completely different formats and worrying that I'm doing halfway, you know, yeah, with like, each format. Like not the best job right. that you and, know you can do. Right. Instead of taking one format and, you know, excelling in that, that would bother me mm-hmm. 100%. And knowing that, you know, that we're human, I mean, you know, I overheard another teacher say, well, you know, I, I could do what I'm doing remotely. I could do that in class. But but they chose to come to class because they wanted the personal interaction. So mm-hmm. that's not really fair no, either. No, and I, I remember saying, yes, but for survival, you may have to have some days like that. That's you right. know, you know what I'm really worried about? One thing, what? one thing I'm really worried about is that we're forgetting the teachers are a valuable, maybe the most valuable resource. A school system has. I agree. I mean, uh, let's look at it. All right. Why can't they, and I'm talking administrators, okay, why can't they see teachers? Okay, what's your strength? Mm -hmm. Okay, what what do you see? I want to put myself into your place, Mm -hmm. and I want to see what you do every day. Right. Because we're worried about burnout. Oh, absolutely. Okay. We're worried about mm-hmm. not very good teaching. Uh, yeah. Because everybody's Mediocre. strung out so far to do this and that. Right. Exactly. And I, and this is really dates me. Mm-hmm. But I do my little Bible study with my church on Zoom. Okay. And it's tedious. Yeah. I mean, we have to wait for someone else to talk. It's not natural. Right. Okay. So for me to have that format, I need to work with it quite a bit. Yeah. Before I feel like I could do a decent job. And who is going to be the worst evaluator? Yourself. True. If you're a good teacher, you're the one that knows if it works or not with your audience. Right. Because how many times, Susan, have Mm -hmm. we actually asked the kids? Okay. Mm -hmm. Let's talk about the lesson you had today. Right. All right. Give Give me me feedback. Give me feedback. Right. You know, I can take it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and be honest because we don't get better unless we hear. Exactly. You know, we're always assessing them, but we were real good about you know assess me. That's right. What can I do? And I better? think we learned that from our uh, presentations. We did when we they asked when they yeah we said give us the the yeah. feedback. It right. made us better. It did. And some of it was not very good. Yeah. It was like oh you went way off and you went off task and we right. thought we were going to get this or that or we right. needed more handouts and and we would address that. Yep, the we next would. time we would right. address it. We would and yeah. uh, and actually uh, the kids giving us feedback. How perfect is that? That gives them such input into their own learning. learning. Right, they t- you yeah. know and we all you know Susan and I did portfolios when they weren't cool. Not at all. You know, and we loved them and everybody thought we were nuts. But but boy, did we learn about the kids absolutely. and what we learned, the big, big thing we learned. Right. The students learned about how they, they learned, learned and, and they could talk about it. And once you know that, you learn forever. To you, me. Learn, you learn forever. Right. You know, then they could go mm-hmm. to an app 
to practice. Sure. If they knew that. Oh, yeah. But it's a brave new yeah. world. Well, I, my, I've always had a, bit, a pet peeve. And that is administrators or leadership that does not know the strengths of their teachers and leaders that will mandate a new program or a new standard without putting themselves in the role of the teacher. So walk the words, walk is what you're walk saying. Walk the walk. Before you say, hey, we want you to do all these videos for mm -hmm. remote learning, which it, that's a you know a reasonable request for remote learning. Obviously, a, a great way to get your explanation piece in there about your concept. But as an administrator, if you haven't actually done that yourself, correct, and not just once but several times, mm -hmm. then don't ask your teachers to do it because you need to know how it feels. That's right. You need to be able to troubleshoot and say, you know, I understand what you're saying about that. Yeah, and you know what? There is a time. There's a time factor here, too. Oh, there, because yeah. in a regular regular school day, right. we have a planning period, do we not? Yes. And we use that. Oh, it's like, oh, oh it's like heaven. It is. We use every minute of that and time. And lunch, too. Who gets to just eat lunch? Oh, Come yeah. on. Yeah, I, I can eat five minutes. Five minutes. That's yeah. why I eat so fast. Me right. Too. And, I mean, we use that time. Mm -hmm. And also the time that we have the one-on-one -one after school with students that are struggling. Right. Doesn't exist anymore. No. Okay. Well, or now if it exists, it also exists with all these dings of emails of kids who are learning remotely, and they need your time as well. Okay, let me so, ask you. Yeah, how that one students? planning period it doesn't is not enough. No, it's nothing anymore, no. really. And mm -hmm. uh, I didn't mean to interrupt, but no, how many students did you have the la in the last years of teaching uh, per class total? Oh, good because Lord, you're gonna put me on. I had about one forty-seven. Okay, and they're dinging you, are they not? Oh, always. oh, senora, senora, senora. Yes. How many times have we heard that? Oh, yeah. Okay, help me, help me, help me. Right, and that because was, they don't have buddies to talk to. Right. You know, exactly. They're they're right. It's one on one. Yeah, and that and now add into the remote piece That's and the face to face exactly. piece. Right. And so, yeah, the teachers they're they're overwhelmed, and so. Um, I guess what Mala and I want to say is, you know, teachers, we, we hear you, uh, we're worried about you, we have your backs, and, and, and I'm hoping that administration stops and takes a breath and says, you know what, uh, we need to back up just mm -hmm. a little bit, because I don't want to see a mass exodus of great people leaving the profession simply because... They, you know, this is not what I signed up for. That's right. I mean, you can only take so much stress, and the the profession was already stressful enough, and now you've added, you know, a remote and a face to face for all teachers, and you know, and and I want to give a shout out to some districts who I think did it the right way, who said, okay, how many want to do remote learning, mm -hmm. and how many want to do face to face, and how many of you would be willing to mentor someone who's not good with remote learning because maybe it's semester we have to add that piece yeah you know right. to your we workload to sort. me that's that's a more thoughtful process and I would like to see um, you know more districts you know consider that um, if they want to keep their their good teachers so well I, I think we've vented enough we have. Yeah. And, yeah and we've explained 
the danger we see. I see. I do. And uh, I feel helpless, you know, as I talk to my different, you know, friends still in the profession and they're, you know, they're walking in at nine o'clock at night and they're exhausted. And I mean, like I said, this is like day four or five for, (laughs) for some of these teachers. And this is the time when we're excited and we're motivated and we're pumped, you know, we're ready to go. And then about mid-October is when we start, you know, slowing down. The skip in our step has gone a little bit. So uh, I am worried. And so um, I just want to say to you, stay strong. Uh, Don't be afraid to advocate for yourself. Don't be afraid to go in and say to your, you know, principal, your administrative team, mm-hmm. uh, I'm waving the white flag. That's right. Help they, me. They, yeah, they need to know where you are because um, just from the standpoint of the extra stress is not good for your health either. So, um, you know, with COVID and flu going out there, uh, I, I'm worried about that. But don't be afraid. Go in and advocate for yourself. Um, and like I always say, dare, dare to, to be, be a Chihuahua, Chihuahua bat. bat.